Whether you're dealing with does in heat and bucks in rut, the winter blues, the marathon of kidding season in the spring, or show season in the summer, Nate Funk and John Kane of Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, are with you every step of the way, bringing you interviews from various breeders, judges, and others from all over the country. We're always covering the latest ad good news and covering topics to help make us all better dairy goat breeders. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Nate Funk. How's it going, brother? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been beautiful up here. Well, beautiful if you like rain. Um, but we've also had some beautiful <laughs> sunny days up here in central New York. Uh, most like of we... the leaves are off. Most of my does are bred. The bucks are chilling out. It's good! <laughs> Maybe we should like start a segment in the beginning of every episode. Nate's weather forecast. <laughs> it's always it's always oh, it's a beautiful day. We got four inches of rain this week, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm I'm a forester, so like rain is. I'm a forester and I'm a farmer, so the forester side of me is like, oh, rain sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Farmers, hey, we got rain that'll help things. Um, except you know. Yeah, if you've got a muddy back pasture, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, things are going pretty good. How about you, John? I'm doing pretty good. I took a doe out to get AI'd this week, uh, which everybody's going to be like, "Oh my god, you uh, you said you're not going to AI for a long time," but uh, yeah, I uh, had the chance and I took it. So. That'll be fun. That'll be announced if it takes. And if it doesn't take, you'll never know. Uh, <laughs> so, Except we know, so, we do, now we do know. Yeah, now you, you know have that the AI done. And now we'll and we, all want to know. Yeah, well, you know. We'll see. So, <laughs> this it's week, fun, Nate, I, I know what it is, and I will be excited if it takes. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. Uh, great for you guys, too. So, yes. um, but this week, Nate, we have. Brett Armstrong from Paget Brook Farm. Uh, Brett is a newer breeder and member of ADGA. Uh, he and his family raise Oberhasley. Uh, so we want to get the new breeder member aspect since we always seem to interview these seasoned breeders. But hey, new breeders matter too, right? So Brett, welcome on to the show. It's great to have you on. Uh, welcome. Thank, thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. <laughs> so it's i've i've always valued uh showing with you at shows we've been to a couple together now um yep. and yeah it's it's great to have you on so awesome um we do however brett have some news to get through this week uh so we'll breeze through that um nate are you uh ready to go through that with me well yeah um if you're thinking about getting on any of these adga committees you need to get your committee applications in, like, um, well, end of business, close of business tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow being probably last Friday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, so, I, I'm sure that you can sneak them in after the 31st, as long as you get them in before convention. Uh, I'm not speaking officially on that, but... I, I'd be hard pressed to think that they get something on the first of November and they go, Oh, nope, nope, nope. Deadline's over. So, um, 
if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten those applications in yet, uh, go ahead and do so. The worst thing that's going to happen is they they don't accept them. But right, uh, right. Try try again, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And you know, it if you have ideas about these committees, it it was a good idea to try to get on them. Um. Yeah. So there's the error with the automatic print for the registrations that the office yeah. is going through and, and the registration is still all being processed. Um, and it doesn't seem to be a method to just like print and send them out sort of thing. Um, also, there's been also some errors with the, you know, the registration themselves, but it seems like that's been happening since NG went live. Um, yeah, I, I did see a post where uh, there was a goat that was registered uh, that was supposed to have a certain goat as a sire and ended up being on the damn side and uh, just just a bunch of craziness there. Um, <clears throat> the printing issue is uh, something where they're working with the developers because they're not sure what's causing uh, the automate, automated, automated print to happen. Um, so... Yeah, they're working on that. Uh, also, paper registrations are in June, so we're moving forward. Um, and I'm actually kind of amazed that we're in June uh, since March, April, and May seem to be the heavy hitter months for registrations to go through. But we're there. Um, also, AGS and BGS uh, registrations still cannot be processed through NG. Um, I wasn't aware that AGS registrations weren't able to be processed um, so I kind of found that uh, odd, but here we are. Um, also, those going to go ahead, Nate. I was going to say, those yeah. going to convention, you know, yeah, uh, enjoy yourselves and, uh, you know, have fun. Say hi to, you know, your friends for us or our friends even. Um, but also we encourage people to sit in on that board of directors meeting um, in the membership meeting as well. Uh if nothing else, to see the process, but also, you know, I, I think when you're sitting in on the meeting, you, you hear things, you see things that don't normally get published in the, or the things where you know, they get forgotten. Um, I think, you know, last year it was great. It was all done by Zoom. People were able to listen in on much of it. Um, I would still, because of my experience last year, I would say if you are there and you have the opportunity to sit in on that, go for it, please. Um, you know, and take time to voice your concerns if possible, even if you have to just find your director or a director to voice them to. Um, John, you, uh, you were writing again, weren't you? <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, speaking of Zoom, I did send out an email to uh, Adga's executive director, Lance Gerlach, uh, regarding uh, the value of Zoom to members that cannot make it to convention. Uh, I know that a lot of people do go to convention, but I dare to say that it's probably less than 10% of the membership actually goes to a national convention. So I did write lance an email pertaining to that um, i'm hoping to get an answer from him because uh, let's face it yes in a perfect world everybody would go to convention but it doesn't mean that your voice doesn't matter right and that was kind of the premise around 
my email to him. I have reached out to directors and it's just kind of like a arms up in the air shrug. Like we've, we've mentioned it. We've heard the the concern for it, but uh, we haven't gotten anything out of it. So I kind of decided to uh, reach out to him personally and, and see if we can make anything happen. I doubt I'll get an answer by the time convention rolls around since it's so close, uh, but it was worth a shot. So I just wanted uh, people to know that, yeah, I might be a pain in the butt on Facebook and on here, but I'm really shooting for everybody, uh, hoping that we can kind of get a compromise from ADCA. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. He's doing it in a friendly pain in the butt sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yelling or anything like that. At least it doesn't. It shouldn't come off as that. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, now that we've got all that ad good news out of the way, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Our topic this week is obviously featuring Brett Armstrong of Paget Brook Farm. Like I said, Brett and family are new to dairy goats. Uh, their breed of choice is Oberhasley. Oh good yeah, choice. the Oberhasley podcast. You know. <laughs> With this year, this year was your guys' uh, first kidding season and show season. Um, so years of breeding doesn't take away from passion. And Brett definitely has passion when it comes to dairy goats. Um, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, so welcome to the show, Brett Armstrong. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. I don't know if that's passion or if that's just being psychotic. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, well, or a little man. bit of both. Yeah, yeah. If, if you ask us, it's passion. If you ask our wives, and probably including yours, she'll uh, yes. say it might be a little bit of. Uh, uh, you might be needing some padded walls. <laughs> yeah, in a bigger <laughs> bank account, of course. <laughs> so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so, Brett, uh, can you just give us an idea of how you and your family uh, first got started in dairy goats? Just, oh, boy. Boy. Yeah. Well, story um, time. The, the, yeah, story time. You, you sit down. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit. Um, there is a method to my madness. And, of course, you know, we, we started in the dairy goats in, in 2020, the, the year that didn't exist, um, you know, with COVID and everything and uh, my daughter's being stuck at home doing their classes online and not really having a whole lot of interaction outside the home. I just, I, I, I felt the need to, uh, to kind of do something a little bit extra. Um, so I kind of ran it by my wife. I'm like, Hey, what do you think about getting, uh, getting the kids a goat? Um, <laughs> and uh, 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 by the way, mind you, that's one, one <laughs> equals three. <laughs> A, a, a goat, exactly. You, you caught that. Um, and uh, like everything uh, that I do, I started with, uh, you know, surfing the internet, kind of looking at different breeds and stuff and looking at what was available around. And um, much to my uh, surprise, uh, Half Barn Farm popped up. And I'm like, hey, Funk, I know those people. And not a I shameless had, plug. Not a not, shameless it's plug. It's a shameless plug, yes. Um, and I'm like, hey, I know those people. So I uh, made a phone call, uh, talked to Jen, went over, looked at some goats, and had absolutely no clue what I was looking at. Um, did not have an eye for dairy goats at all. Um, kind of relied on on some guidance from uh, from Jen and, and later Nate and uh, uh, the rest is history um, 
So that's kind of how we we jumped in. I I you know aside from the uh, uh, trying to give my kids a little bit of uh, something to kind of hold their sanity, um, I also you know I looked at goats as being a potential family activity, uh, something we could all do together and. You know, with the world seemingly falling apart last year, uh, I have a little bit of a, a, a slight to being a, a prepper-type mentality sometimes. And I thought, hey, you know, I'd like to add to uh, being a little bit more self-sufficient uh, on our, you could call it a homestead, I guess, and adding the potential of milk and cheese and maybe making our own soap and stuff like that was... Uh, uh, looked good to me, so I thought, eh, let, let's give it a shot. So that's kind of how we got started. Now you, you you have other things going on on your farmstead, though. You have you, you've since made the soap and some cheese, uh, I believe. Actually, we uh, still haven't made the cheese. Not the cheese. I thought not yet. I, I thought your your oldest daughter was gonna, you know. Oh no, no, she was no? doing the ice cream. Oh, and she was perfecting the ice cream. Yes, yes, it's very good. <laughs> now you guys do have other things going on in that farm other than just goats, though, right? Oh boy, um, we we've had a lot of things going on through the years. Uh, we've been through several different cycles. Uh, we we have had and and still have uh, egg laying chickens. We've had uh, heritage breed turkeys. Um, we now have uh, a lot of noisy guineas. Um, Nate's kind of, you know, clued the uh, the listenership into the the benefits of, uh, of guineas in the world of uh, goats. Uh, so we kind of went down that road. And most recently, we've added uh, pigs to our uh, repertoire here. Uh, we're going to start breeding pigs here in the spring, and hopefully, be able to provide some piglets to. Uh, uh, to people in the area. So. Well, and you also do honey. Oh yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah, thank yeah. you for reminding me. We we do have honeybees. Um, got uh, nine hives out there right now that are uh, needing to be winterized as we're getting to that time of year. So. So what made you go from just having a couple milk goats uh, to now wanting to show and and uh, be competitive uh, with your herd? Well, along with the, you know, one of the original reasons for getting into goats, uh, my daughter's was, you know, obviously 4-H. And, uh, you know, my my desire was that uh, particularly my youngest daughter, Annika, who's now uh, 14, just shy of 15, um, I thought that it would be a great, uh, great opportunity for her to get into 4-H. I've got a history in 4-H back when I was a, a teenager. Uh I raised and showed rabbits at the time, um, did that for a number of years, and uh, thought that maybe goats would be a good uh, good entry into 4-H for her. Not realizing that, of course, it was COVID and everything was pretty much shut down. Um, but uh, I don't even remember where I was going with this one. <laughs> So, <laughs> showing, um, showing, showing. Yes. So, uh, but uh, here in Shenango County, uh, you know, we had some very dedicated people in the, uh, the Cornell Cooperative Extension uh, uh, 4-H there that put together an ag extravaganza uh, last year, which still allowed uh, the kids to show. 
Um, so that's kind of where we, we dipped our toes into the water with Annika showing uh, a little doling that she had uh, obtained last year. And uh, uh, that kind of led into me doing some showing as well. So, <laughs> Well, with you showing your first show, uh, like official ADGA show, uh, was this year. Uh, and you guys came home with a reserve champion win uh, with your ju- junior herd sire that you had purchased. Uh, oh. That had to be pretty exciting. It, it was. Um <laughs> But in my ignorance, I probably didn't really realize how awesome that truly was. Uh, it was nice to nice to grab a ribbon and and see you know a little bit of uh, uh, fruits of our our labor there early on. Um, but uh, a couple shows later, we actually uh, brought home a uh, uh, ribbon for one of our our dowlings that that came out as a junior champion, and she took reserve overall for the breed. Um, so we've we've had a couple of successes this year. Um, it's been quite exciting, I guess. Yeah, I'd I'd say that's pretty exciting. I know yep. my first my first show out, I was way back there. Uh, I'm sure Nate, your first show way back in the day. Um, oh goodness, you were probably I think the same, I was same way. Going diapers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about last week. We're talking about back in the day. I was going to say, Nate, Nate, you're heading back that direction. So, (laughs) get in there, get in there. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. So, so sometimes, uh, you know, I was going to say, you had your first shows. uh, Being new and ed, just sometimes you know presents uh, kind of some disadvantages in that uh, you encounter. You know, at being new to the show circuit, you some people op- greet you with open arms, and then you find some old timers are kind of like uh, curmudgeon almost about it. Uh, how did you find your first experience go at these shows? Uh, I, I'll say that you know initially, I I, I would have said that I, I experienced both. Um, mm-hmm. I experienced more of the the open arms than than the other. But as I, you know, as I sit back and reflect now, um, you know, it's not, not a whole lot later, but, you know, I've got a little bit more experience and a little bit, little bit more knowledge. Um, I can see that maybe some of those perceptions that I had of uh, the, the curmudgeonly people uh, may have not been completely accurate. Um, and uh you know so that that perception sometimes could be uh, through inexperience um more than anything else uh so again overall i would say that it was it was the open arms i, I just i really enjoy the uh the goat uh community um and mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's it's enjoyable you can't say much more than that it is a community. It's, it's kind of like a family. Yes, you know, some, absolutely. Some family you get along with and some you don't. Um. <laughs> so true. But, so true. You know, Nate, you've, you've mentioned it uh, on some other podcasts. I think maybe when you were talking about uh, uh, biosecurity and, and uh, some of the issues you run into at shows. And, you know, just as an example, you know, I ended up next to uh, uh, with my goats next to some goats that were kind of questionable and, uh, you know, I know that uh, uh, another uh, exhibitor 
didn't even think twice about giving me their tarps uh, to uh, John to protect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's another exhibitor. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's yeah. it's just that it's that, that selfless attitude um, that uh, we see from a lot of people. Uh, at those shows and it's pretty cool you know when you got too many goats and and not enough hands people are quick to jump in and help get your goats in the ring oh yeah 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 uh, yeah. show them to the best of their ability so it's pretty cool oh yeah i grabbed you a couple times this year i was like oh brett hey you want some practice showing those goats come on man i got one for you (laughs) i need all the practice i can get that's for sure no no, (laughs) everybody when they first start out dude that's for sure then you mentioned you know your daughter um and you know her her first showing experience. I I have to say, I, I remember, you know, those spring shows trying to get her into the show ring, and she just had this anxiety about being in the show ring and someone assessing the animal she's showing and yep. and stuff. Yep. And then I remember uh, one of the last shows of the year that I saw her show, and and she was she was in the show ring more than she wasn't showing other people's animals for them. Yes. Yep. And yeah, that, it was great for her to just, it was like she came out of a shell. Yes. That, that was awesome for me as a dad to see, uh, you know, her excited about something and, and even more than her being excited about something, her wanting to help other people. That just, uh, that does a father's heart good. So, well, and, and that's part of what, you know, 4-H and, and even, just showing with with the animals, the community, you know, whether it's goat, sheep, whatnot, you know, that's what, to me, it's all about. But yes, yep, I agree. Um, now, yeah. So, so uh, your urine. Um, looking back, uh, anything you'd do differently? Oh, I've pondered, pondered, and pondered, and the only thing I can come up with, I would get into it way sooner. Um, (laughs) I, I, I did not realize how, uh, how much personality goats had, uh, before we got them. And, you know, both of my daughters several years ago were like, Hey dad, let's get goats. And I'm like, why the heck would I want a goat? Are you kidding me? Those worthless, good for nothing. (laughs) I am eating those words. I I am eating those words. Uh, So, you know, I I really wish I had gotten into it earlier. Not not for me, but for my girls. Um, There's just such opportunity that's there that uh, they weren't able to, uh, you know, to, to grab a hold of. Uh, and I think particularly my older daughter, Brielle, because, you know, in 2020, she was uh, just on the cusp of aging out of 4-H. Doesn't mean she can't show, an ad, you know, the regular ADGA shows, open shows. Um, but uh, she did miss out on a big opportunity there with 4-H that I, I kind of, I regret a little bit. But, you know, we are where we are because of the decisions we made. So things are good. Now, hindsight's 2020. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I think that even here on my farm, because let's face it, like we're talking about uh, being new to ADGA and, and showing goats and owning goats. Um, but like, it's kind of hard for me to be like, Oh, you know, I'm a seasoned vet. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm new as well. Newer. Um, so like I look back and uh, it's kind of unique where I'm seeing what you're doing as like, like, 
almost the same steps of what I did when I first started, right? So like okay. it's hard for me to be like, what do you what, what what's going on here? What do you what are you doing here with this breeding or this goat? Uh, without being like, oh, that's a, that's an old John thing. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like like it's a, it's like something not a mistake, but like a, a similar move to like what I did, and and sometimes yeah. I regret it. But it's like it's fun to watch that growth of of how you're. Uh, moving forward with your herd and not backwards like some people okay. do okay. um where i guess it's like I, I i feel like i'm like reliving my beginning through watching what you guys are doing and it's it's fun you know it's cool to see what you guys are doing um would you agree nate yeah i i, I think it's there's some you know similar stages and i'll you know now i you know here i am the the older of the three of us as far as <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've been back in the goat for what you know, five six years. So, um, but uh, you know, again, we there are things that you guys are both are going through now where it's like, yeah, I, I remember you know, trying to trying to figure that out, and and I don't think either of you are doing anything exactly the same. I think you're both coming no, up with no. similar. Uh, challenges and trying to figure out your your answer to that challenge, and that's that's what makes each herd different. Is you know what one herd does to overcome you know uh, uh you know that herd sire you were hoping to be born was not born. Hmm. You know what do you do? You know, how what's your next step? You know, you had a a plan and in required that bloodline and it's not there. So now seeing how you guys are both, you know, working around that again is I'm, it's, it's sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's like, Oh man, I wonder how they're going to solve that. You know? And I say they, because you know, whether it's you, John, or whether it's Brett or whether it's another breeder, whether it's an old seasoned breeder, you know, trying to figure out how people are going to solve the problems set before them. Um, you know, again, none of us are going to do it the same way. Right. And that's where I think it, it I think really what makes it interesting yeah. watching, you know, For young sure. herds develop and not just yours, Brett, not just John's or mine, yep. just watching young herds develop in general. Sure. Well, what I see similar between, uh, Brett and I, Brett being one year in and me being almost five, uh, is that uh, the thoughtful thinking behind what you're doing, it's not, a, okay, I'm just going to throw this animal on this animal and call it good, right? Mm -hmm. It's v very thoughtful and uh, artistic-like, um, not to toot my own horn, but it's very precision-type moves uh, where a lot of newer breeders uh, would kind of get lost in, well, this is what I have available to me. So that's that's where I was kind of going with that, right? Like there are similarities, and it's cool to see that you are making those on you know by yourself, at least you know for the most part. You I, do have I'm, mentors, which is great. That's yeah. I was just gonna say that I've got uh, some great mentors available, um, and uh, uh, you know, if for anybody who's new uh, in dairy goats or, or any sort of animal husbandry, I think that that's probably the uh, the most important thing that uh, you need to have is a good mentor, and, and don't 
don't just blindly try to do things on your own. Bounce things off of those people and uh, and see what they think. And, and, you know, there's a bit of humility that's necessary there as well. Um, you know, I, I experienced a, a situation uh, a little bit ago with a, a little buckling that I was really excited about that we had here on the farm. And uh, I was uh, in my... Uh, ignorance was excited about using him until uh, some more seasoned breeders asked me some of the hard questions uh, that I really needed to think about, and and that required, you know, again some humility on my part to just kind of sit back and, and really think about what was being said, and not take it personal, uh, and uh, and make some decisions that that may not have been the direction that I thought that I was going to be going. Well, and, and I think along those lines, you want to, uh, when you are looking for a mentor, you have mentors. It, it, again, it's great to have more than one mentor because then you can get different opinions on things. Right, right. But also, though, uh, in my, now my opinion is a good mentor isn't going to tell you, is not going to tell you, do this. Right. A good mentor is going to say, what do you think and why? Why are you thinking about doing that? Yeah, yep. asking the hard questions. Think, exactly. And sometimes yep. those hard questions are going to make you go, and want to walk away for a bit. And then you're going to realize they were right on something or, or they were thinking something that I wasn't. Yep. And yep. I'll say, you know, yeah, I, I've, you know, I've known goats for years. But, you know, even I need my mentors. Um I don't th- really think, you know, everyone's going to need a mentor at some point. It's just where your mentor is from, uh, you know, and who it is. Sometimes right. your mentor is just a friend who just asks the hard questions for you and points out the super obvious. Um, no, just get, getting a number of, number of sets of eyes on something, you know. Sometimes we can just get very tunnel visioned. And uh, just having somebody who isn't just right in the middle of everything, just saying, "Hey, can't you see this?" <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. At the same time, and darn it, you know, you gotta, you gotta like what you look at in the bar, and you gotta love what you're dealing with. And if, if you're just, you gotta love those animals. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, really, that's what it comes down to. I think is. Why have them if you can't love on them? Yep. Um, so, uh, you yeah. know, it, it it really, it I, it, it's a complexity. Um, you know, having them and showing them and, you know, why you have them. Um, so, yeah. like, For sure. uh, you know, some people say their, their goal you know, for having the animals and showing is to win, you know, know, that's all they want to do. Um, You know, my wife and I, we we said years ago when we got the animals, we'd have them, you know, as long as it was fun. Um, You know, goodness, there were, there was a point this year where we turned to each other and asked if it was still fun. But, um, but you know what, Uh, you know, the friends that we have, the, the goat family that was around us, you know, you know, still made it fun. So, you know, you, you, you've, you've got to ask yourself when you walk, you know, with the goats, 
Is it all about winning? I mean, what do you think? You asking me? Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody's got a different definition of what winning is. Um, yep. You know, it's some people are chasing those ribbons. Uh, some people aren't. And, uh, you know, the way I, I look at things right now, and of course I may go through a, uh, a metamorphosis of sorts as I grow in this, uh, uh, in this activity or industry or whatever you'd like to call it. Um, right now my goal is to, uh, I consider when I go to a show, if I've learned something new, I'm winning. Uh, it doesn't matter where my goat is standing in the lineup. Uh, if my goat's standing in front and there's a ribbon that comes along with that, then that that's pretty awesome. Um, but if that's not the case, well, what can I learn from that? And, you know, I've heard both of you say it many times in some of your other podcasts and just in personal conversations is, you know, listen to what the judge is saying. Why is, you know, goat number one over number two or number two over number three? And I, I'm really at a point right now where I'm still trying to, to develop an eye uh, for the dairy goat. You know, when I got into this, uh, you know, my, my background is largely in dogs. So, you know, a nice looking animal is just, just muscular beast, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's good, good for police work. And, you know, that doesn't look anything like a goat. So I, I, I uh, um, I'm still developing that. What is, what is an ideal goat look like, you know, based on what, uh, what you want it to, uh, to do for you on your farm. And, um, that's what my goal is at the shows is to try and develop that. eye. uh, I'm, I'm at the point right now where I'm, I'm having to break things down in bits and pieces. Whereas, you know, John, Nate, you guys can probably look at a goat and be like, that's a good one. Well, I got to look at it and, and just break it up. You know, well, that's got, you know, it's got Whoa. good pastures and that one doesn't and things like that. So, <laughs> Well, I think it's more of yeah, we might we might look at a goat and say, oh, it's a good goat, but we pick it apart pretty quick, mm -hmm. um, which is just part of developing your eye, um, right? You know, and now going back to you said, um, you know, some people aren't chasing ribbons. Well, you're one that I see behind some seasoned vets at shows, um, mm -hmm. but you don't show that frustration that some get for being behind those people. Um, you kind of just keep doing your thing and, and I can see you with every single placing reasons looking intently at that judge and the goat and trying to put it together and, and you have a great attitude about it and that's Thank very you. admirable. And I think a lot of newer breeders and even seasoned breeders could take notes from that. I, I, I do appreciate that, John. And, you know, part, part of that is, uh, is, is fueled by my desire to, uh, to model for my daughter um, the right attitude. Um, you know, I can think of a couple of different shows where she was ready to ready to give up her goat because it was just a third place goat <laughs> in her words. Yeah, and I'm I like, you know what? <laughs> third yeah. third place isn't necessarily bad. And you know, let's let's listen and let's. Why was the the other? Why were the other goats ahead of her? And you know, mm -hmm. she's she's not done growing yet. She's just a baby still. You know and it just it's important for me to model for her that that you know the ribbons aren't what it's all about you know they're really nice to get you know but that's just the icing on the cake um so that that's kind of what fuels my attitude there 
but I do, I do appreciate those sentiments, John. Now, is she still having fun at shows? Um, yes. And <laughs> so I'll tell you, she does have an aversion to 4-H uh, for, for only one reason. It, because 4-H requires that you do showmanship in order to show oh. your goat. And uh, there, there is still a bit of anxiety there um, on her in, in her performance or what she, uh, mm-hmm. what she views as her performance. And um, so the 4-H shows right now, she's kind of running away from. But the open shows, uh, she, she's all in. Um, because it's all about the goat. It's not all about her. And, uh, I'll, I'll take that. You know, I'm not gonna, yeah. not gonna force her into 4-H no. and force her to do showmanship. Uh, we'll still try and teach her, you know, those, those skills. Um, mm-hmm. but I, if she's not having fun, then it's not worth doing. Exactly. Uh, it's like, so it's like signing your kid up for tap dance lessons and they want to, you know, play piano instead. Right. Right. Uh, if that's, if that's something that she's not ready or built for that's fine yep and i'm i love seeing that uh you guys have a relationship where you can talk things out like that instead of what some parents would probably do in that situation was like well no 4-h teaches these life lessons that you need so you're doing it right (laughs) (laughs) like reminds me of my dad trying to sign me up for boy scouts back in the day and i was like yeah Yeah. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? If you force a kid to do something and they don't have the right attitude, they're not. It's just not beneficial. No, it's not. So, you know, it, it's it's also one of these things of seriously. I have you know seen your daughter in the show ring, and you know showing open class, she does very well. And there are some people who who go into you, know, you mentioned showmanship really being the the uh, the issue here I've seen people who are stellar showmanship showmen mm-hmm. and you know they're, they're okay showing the animals for show mm-hmm. you know you know it, it it's supposed to be teaching the, the class is supposed to be teaching them to show better in the show ring but sometimes the people who are more in tuned with the animals and less about showing themselves off end up being, you know, better showmen. I, you know, I, I speak, you know, you know, a little bit from my own experience. It took me a bit to stop being the showman and being more of someone showing the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Well, know, what's the difference between being the showman and showing the animals, Nate? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to say to me, there's a, the person, the showman is the person who's saying, hey, judge, look at me. I know this animal has a, a bit of a roach to back, but you're going to see me pinch her down. Look, mm-hmm. sh- judge, I'm I'm going to turn the hocks out a little bit. So this animal that might be a little hockey, you're going to see is not as hockey because I'm going to correct that. Look, judge, look at me as, as this awesome showman. And really drawing attention to themselves as being a great showman. Um, to me, someone who's showing the animal to the best of their ability, um, if they're doing it right, the judge doesn't see any of that. Mm-hmm. The judge sees a nice animal. Yep. Um, and that's to me the difference. 
Okay. So, Brett. Yes. Long-term <laughs> goals here. Are you, are you guys going to be keeping it one breed? Are you going to be expanding your horizons, maybe joining some of the uh, Guernsey breeders in the Northeast, like you claimed to uh, earlier in the year. I had you going. I had you going, didn't I? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you might might have got a little hot under the collar with that one. <laughs> uh, me never. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, my, my goal right now, of course, everything's subject to change. I work for the state. That's how that works. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, right now, I, I'm keeping it to one breed. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like I should be jumping into multiple breeds when I'm still just kind of learning the ropes. Um, though, I do think that my daughter's been bitten a little bit by the Sonnen bug, and uh, oh, there, no. there's there, there's a certain uh, <clears throat> a certain lady who who likes to fan those flames, <laughs> Jen. Um, <laughs> so, Oh, I thought I'll you were going to say Grace. About that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that's what you know, Nate. You're talking about Annika jumping into the ring and kind of coming out of her shell. That was when she was helping show some son and goats, and yep, uh, yep. she really, really liked those goats. And you know, we'll we'll see what the future holds. But right now, my my uh, my intention is to, to stick with the uh, uh, the Oberhasley. So, uh, yeah. So long term. So oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go I ahead. I was just, just gonna say long term goals. I need to survive this next kidding season. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, we all do. It, it, yeah, exactly. And you know, as I mentioned before, I just I want to keep learning as much as I can in developing that eye uh, that, that I just don't feel like I quite have yet. Um, those those are my specific goals. So. Yeah. Are nationals part of that goal? Um, well, nationals are going to be in Pennsylvania. I couldn't really pass that up with it being so close. So, uh, <laughs> yes, th th it is our intention to uh, to be at nationals uh, with who yet as far as our goats. I'm not quite sure, but um, that that is uh, in the cards. So. Bring what you bred, brother. Bring what you bred. Yep. yep. <laughs> See, yep. you're still small enough like me, although you're probably breeding what – eight this year no no i got uh 20. four four total <laughs> what'd you say 20 20 out of your mind <laughs> so. uh, we, we haven't subscribed to that funk <laughs> attitude yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, oh, come the on, nice thing about breeding four uh is that it makes it manageable especially uh you work uh long hours and and uh, oh yeah your hours are always fluid. You'd never know what shift you're going to work every day. Right. Like, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll know, know for the week, but <laughs> I, I know, I know what I plan to work, but you know, when the phone rings, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the off hours or whatever, and I got to go, I got to go, you know? So, right. so uh, it's nice that you're, you're still manageable enough where, you know, milking four goats twice a day, uh, isn't too cumbersome for you or, uh, your children or, I don't know. Does your wife uh, milk the goats, or is she more of a spectator sport for that? It, well, um, <laughs> she does. Uh, you know, when I'm around, it's it's usually me doing doing stuff. But uh, you know, when I I got into this whole goat thing and, and thought about it being a family activity, I, I totally neglected 
the fact that my wife has a hard time around hay with her allergies. And, yep. uh, you know, yep. she, she does go in, she does a great job, uh, when, when I can't be here to, you know, she fills the gap and, and gets stuff done. Um, but it, it does take its toll on her with her, her respiratory, uh, issues there. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, gets to me too. I feel her. Yeah. Always now you, always you mentioning milking here, John and, and Brett, Brett, you did milk test DHI this year, right? I, I did. Um, I jumped into it a little bit, and uh, I didn't really get uh, get as far into it as I would have liked. Um, just again, scheduling and stuff like that. It's it's difficult. Um, you know, the whole I think two hundred and forty days or something. You're supposed to be on milk test. Uh, I'm, I'm still a little fuzzy on some of these numbers, but. Uh, with our schedules, uh, we really need to have our does kidding earlier in the in the year. Yeah, um, it does help it, to to get those days in, and then you know, come September, right at the beginning of September, my wife starts school, so uh, she's you know going uh, full speed ahead with with school stuff, and kind of takes her out of the mix quite a bit with being able to milk. And uh, as we get into the fall, you know, being a game warden for the state that's when things start going full steam ahead for me um yep. so so really we need to dry our goats off like mid-september at the latest so it makes it difficult to get uh, get get as much test in there uh is as necessary but um i did find it beneficial uh getting some of the feedback with the numbers um but just wasn't on it long enough uh, yeah. uh for my liking yet so you're kind of in the same boat as I am, um, which is one of the reasons why I've been so hesitant with uh, getting into milk test. Uh, and that is that uh, this time of year is my crazy time of year. My does have been dried off since September. So yeah. uh, I feel you there. It's just, yeah, you know, not everybody, unfortunately, can uh, have time to spend on milk tests. It takes a lot of time. Ask Jessica Miller how much time it takes. Oh my goodness! Oh goodness! Well, we got only about three million goats, and uh, <laughs> only about two million of them are in milk at a time. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I can say, John. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of extra time to do the milk test um, over just milking the goats. So you know, keeping your numbers low, like like you do, and, and like we have, um, it wasn't a real uh, uh, time sucks, so to speak, is you know to be doing it. It's just the overall length of the season to be able to milk is where the where mm-hmm. the challenge is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, like, I'll, I'll stick to my reasons. <laughs> John John freshens them out in March, and then he wants them dried off by September. That's yeah. a shorter milking season. Yeah. Um, you know, here yeah. you know we are able. I have the unique situation where we're able to milk our two forty days. You know. Or three oh five, if we want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've got in deciding to do a milk DHI milk test, you've got to look at the the whole picture. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah. Now, Nate, clarify for me: is if you're not doing owner sampler, though, can't you? Oh, can't you do less than two hundred and forty days and still be good? 
I would have to check, and I'm sure we have listeners okay. who who will comment and and, and let us know. I okay. know a few who who do know the answer to that. Um, off the top of my head, it depends on what you signed up for. If you're doing uh, owners, oh goodness, there is one where you you can dry them off when you're ready to dry them off. That's a um, sampler. Yeah, and uh, I was gonna say I think it's owner sampler. Um, the issue is whether or not they qualified for their uh, milk star mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. not. Um, but with owner sampler, you don't qualify for top ten either. Um, right, right. I, I thought I'd read somewhere that you that you needed eight tests. Um, yeah, but you can get those in pretty easy. There's like a minimum number of days you have to have between them. Right, and right. Um, you know, it, it's, you can have it be less than a month between milk tests, you know, Mm -hmm. a matter of like, I think three weeks. And so in two months, you could probably get three tests in and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's three out of eight. Um, if you're trying to do a shorter milking season, Uh, generally we, normally we, we try to do, uh, either standard 20 or. Um, one of the others that qualify us for uh, top 10 mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, we, we like to see how close we can get to that sort of classification. And I, I know some of the genetics you have down there and you have those that certainly would qual I believe would or could qualify to be on that list. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, you, the owner, the milker, the one feeding the animals has to have the time to devote to that program. It's it. And that's, can be a limiting factor. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. yep. Um, so, Hey, you know, I didn't say we may have gone over it back. You know, you, you mentioned uh, the overhaws lazy. You, you, was it just the personality? Was it just that there was a local farm that drew you to them? Um, no, I, I liked the fact that they were a little bit smaller goat. Um, and uh, pretty much everywhere I looked um, said they were quieter. They are. <laughs> so, they and, and are. By and large, they are. Though I've had a couple that uh, I swear got some Nubian in them. But, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's milking time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, generally, our barn, you know, the goats are the quietest thing in the barn. Um, you know, the guinea hens sure make up for it. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, that that is one of the things I did, will say I love about the, the Obies is they're quiet and they're usually pretty easy to handle. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, just this evening, I, I'd let my... Uh, my work dog Phoenix out to go to the bathroom, just, you know, open the door. He goes out in the dark and he comes back and body slams the door when he's ready to come back in. And, uh, I let him in and I open the door and you know, I, I hear goats and I'm like, those don't sound like they're in the barn. And, uh, no, they weren't. They were out standing in the driveway because I forgot to put the extra clip on the, uh, <laughs> on the latch, but it, it's, it's just so awesome. Cause you know, like, all right, come on. And they all just run down to the barn right behind me, go right back in. You don't have to chase them around or anything. So, uh, 
it's kind of neat. So. The biggest problem I have with the Oberhasley is that they're so sweet and friendly that, especially the juniors, uh, you tend to trip over them because they just want to be loved. So uh, <laughs> yes. you're walking in front of you to pet, but you're almost breaking your neck because you don't want to step on the goat. Uh, that, that tends to be my biggest issue with them. And yes, some of my uh, lines have Nubian in them. And when they're in heat, they let me know that part. Even though Danielle Corelli will say that I, uh, I, I, I am just the worst person because her Nubians are quiet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Which I will say at collection, though. at collection, which you were at this year, Brett. Yep. Uh, I didn't hear many Nubians crying, did you? No, they were very quiet. Not, I, I didn't even give a thought to it until just now when you said that, but you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, so how, was, how was your collection experience this year? It's a first time out with a young buck uh, going out and, and collecting. Um, was, it, was it a fun experience? I mean, did, well, did you have I, a good time? Okay. I, I had a good time, you know, it's just, just like a show. I mean, it's just, you know, family, everybody's there talking. We're all there for a, a, a common, uh, common goal, so to speak. And, uh, this wasn't my first collection that I've been to. I actually last year went with, uh, uh, another person here in the County, uh, up to a collection with, uh, uh, with a couple of his bucks. So I did get to experience that last year. Um, this year was much, a much better experience, I guess, than, than last year. I think, uh, because of the, uh, the quality of the heat that the does were in, um, this year, uh, last year there was, uh, I don't think the does were quite in, in the, the level of heat that was, uh, beneficial. So there was a lot of, a yeah, lot of I, issues with the box. I think I heard about that one. They ended up having to go get somebody else's doe off another farm. And yep. Yep. That's exactly like that. how. Yeah, I mean, it all worked out, but it was a very long day. Of course, it was a long day this year, too. I guess that's par for the course. <laughs> yeah, you, um, guys, you guys left way later than I did. I was like, see ya! <laughs> yeah, well, we had a little, little extra travel time on top of what you had. But, yeah, uh, yep. you know, it's just good hanging out with goat people. Uh, you know, I got to uh, meet somebody who uh, I probably bumped into before um, and didn't know it and just kind of, you know, made a connection there. Um, so it's, it's always good to make new friends too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I find that the most enjoyable part, uh, going to shows or collection or linear appraisal, any of that, uh, probably the best part is just talking goat with people that are like-minded. Um, sure. Crazy. The ribbons are nice. The scores are nice. The ability to collect your bucks and market those is nice, but Nothing beats those goat people. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I sit at canine training with my my canine <laughs> pals, and uh, you know, I mean, pulling up pictures of bedazzled scrotums and stuff just don't uh, <laughs> doesn't do it for them, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you might have to bleep that out. I don't know. <laughs> no, anatomy. Many people go. might even know which buck we're referring to. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Everybody knows. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get I get laughed at a lot, not laughed with. <laughs> so, oh, but I'm okay with that. Work is a totally different game, especially uh, <laughs> if if they know that you breed goats. Yeah, it's just, it's it's the things that come out of their mouth. I will not say on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> coworkers aren't understanding. 
No, no, they no, don't have a clue. No. They don't have a clue. <laughs> Especially when, when, when other breeders are sending you pictures of rear udders and, you know, so you get the goat butt and tail and, and you know, the back shot of a goat. <laughs> and it's like, huh? <laughs> what are you looking at? What are you into? I had Move a, along. Uh, Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. I, I had a coworker uh, who uh, is in charge of games at work. Um, so you only see him during those events. And we're friends on Facebook. And I see him after uh, my paternity leave last year. And he walks up to me and goes, man, I got to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, what's what's going on, man? He goes, are you, like, super into goats or something? Because all I'm seeing are goat butts all over my Facebook feed whenever I'm looking. He's like, I must have clicked on, like, one picture one time, and now it's all I get. And I, was like, I was like, man, I don't know. I'm like, I just wow. really like goats. Wow. He's like, do you raise them? I'm like, yeah, I raise them, dude. Did, did he? No. Did he? Did he get the notice that all your goats were for sale? <laughs> Listen, yeah. I, I'd say I'm gonna beat you up, but you know, I've said multiple times that you're a very uh, macho man. Uh, no, so. no he, he said I'm a big guy. There's a difference. Uh, oh, big guy. Big guy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this on you real quick, Brett. Uh, I'm gonna ask you to you know if you have any questions to pull our way uh, that we can answer for you as a new oh, yeah. reader. Yeah, we've been throwing the questions at you, and... and this is this is a total curveball. I didn't tell you about this. No, you you didn't. You didn't. Okay. <laughs> when is NG? <laughs> gonna be good to go <laughs> oh. okay if you look out your window you see that star second star to the light to the right i see now, nothing but black man you, know, okay, you gotta follow that star straight on to morning <laughs> yeah. how yeah. did i know that that was gonna be your question bro i don't know i don't know i mean really it, it's I, I i am still i feel like i'm still at the point that i don't know enough to ask an intelligent question um you know they kind of oh, sure you do yeah sure you, you know so um well, i, I kind of learn as i go that's what friends like uh nate and i and the many other various breeders that you know uh, are for um that's one thing i've noticed a lot of newer breeders are hesitant to do is ask questions because uh let's face it we all have eyes we've all been on those adga uh district groups where newbies are asking questions that might seem silly to veterans uh, but yeah. it's a real question for the newbies and and something they take seriously uh, just to get mocked or if uh, the newer person is bringing up concerns they have with ADGA, uh, you've got some of these seasoned breeders uh, kind of pushing them away mm. and, and not answering those questions. So uh, I think that you're fortunate where you have people like Nate and myself and all the other breeders that you can lean on. Yep. Um, and I wish more new breeders and members of ADGA uh, would do that uh, because I feel like some are lost in the weeds along the way uh, where a simple answer could have given them some hope, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I tell you, it, it's it's not just in uh, uh, in goat breeding, goat showing, whatever. It's in anything. We're only as good as our next generation, and yeah. uh, we we always need to to uh, to help grow that next generation. Um, if, if we're not, then we're we're one generation away from not being here anymore. So. And you never know whether that next generation, you know, it might be a kid, you know, a 4-H kid. It might be a, a new family. Yep. And, you know, there, you know, I've got this story of a, you know, right now we've got 19 or 24-H kids in uh, Shenango County uh, 4-H here. And many of those come from a family where goodness now probably about 30 years ago there i was a teenage kid milking a goat on a milk stand at the county fair and this little six-year-old kid comes over and what are you doing but turns out his family raised beef Hmm. you know um now we cut back here to 30 years later and um all of his uh nieces and nephews have shown goats Many of their kids are showing goats. Nice. Many of his, you know, br- you know, just the friends of those kids are showing goats. And it's a huge 4-H program, basically, because this one kid one day came over and said, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm not trying to say I did something great and wonderful, but didn't push him away. Yep. Um. I think we need more of that. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. Now, Brett, before we wrap it up, I'm also going to throw you another curveball and say uh, you're go- you're going to close out the show. You've listened what? to all the fi- you've listened to all the episodes. You know how I close it out. <sighs> Actually, I, I, Brett, Brett, I've got one more for you. Okay, go ahead. You, you're saving before me. You, before, <laughs> before you can think about what. John just told you. I got one last thing for you. Okay. You, you've been in. You've been showing for a year. You've done buck collection. You've done DHI. You've been, you know, to these shows. Um, do you have a bit of advice for someone new? Someone who maybe they just bought the goat, or maybe they're thinking about getting a goat. Oh, I, th- I think I already uh, gave that advice, um, not, not to cop out, because I really do believe that, that uh, obtaining a, a just a really good mentor um, is, is probably the best advice I can give anybody. Uh, you know, if you're thinking of getting into goats, uh, you know, find that mentor, go spend some time on their farm, um, go milk some goats, uh, you know, let them uh let them show you firsthand how things are uh experience it before you buy the goat um so that Amen. you kind of know what you know what you're getting into because uh, you know it's it's like anything else you know some people might think that they want to do something um and it looks all nice and, and rosy and everything from the outside and then you go do it and it's not really for you and you don't want to find that out after you've purchased the animal and you know made a uh, right. financial investment and everything else so uh th- that's that's what i would uh recommend so amen yes so. yes so now it's the third ball curveball there 
Oh boy, I don't even remember how you close these out, John. <laughs> other than I can, I can, other than to say that this is Nate Funk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll close her out, man. It's okay. You you close her out. out. You do that. Right. Well, <laughs> so. Brett, thanks thanks for joining us. Uh, it was lovely and and good luck this coming kidding season and show season. I'll see you out there. Uh, right yep. back at you. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Everybody, this has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. That's Nate and Brett. We'll catch you on the next one. Good night. Night. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.